Hello and welcome to Rank Advertiser. And I'm excited to see you today. My name is Glory. I'm your host. We're here on a mission to inspire, enlighten, and empower every single person every single day. Guess what? Today I have a special guest for, for us today. Our guest is going to be Summit. Uh, Summit is a social entrepreneur, professional reporter, and a service-focused professional with a strong commitment to serving the needs of disadvantaged youth and adults around the world with limited to no access to education, employment, and resources. Uh, India's largest media publication house, Danik uh, Jangram, mentioned him as one of the top change maker of India. And America's Aerodot Business Journal recognized him as one of the emerging leader of Snohomish County. A former Furbridge scholar, Samit currently serves as the board member of Leadership Snohomish County. He has worked and collaborated with institutions like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Population Service International, United Way, and so on. Since May 2016, Samit has been working with STEPS, an agency with the Department of Social and Earth Services in Washington, receiving the 2016 and 2018 Exceptional Work Ethic Award for his exemplary work with developmentally disabled youth in, South, in Snohomish County area. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Samit. Samit, hi, how you doing? I'm doing great, Flory. How are you? I am doing amazing. It's great to see you today. Uh, it's great to see you. For, for the people who doesn't know a bit about you, uh, what would you say? How would you describe yourself? <laughs> well, how do I describe myself? Uh, I describe myself as your fr- friend. And so I have known uh, Glory for, for a while now. And so one of his great friends. But I am... I come from India. I'm originally from India. That's where I come from. And um, I've moved here about, I feel like, 10 years ago, 9, 10 years ago. And I've been working here. So in in a nutshell, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardworking person. I work really hard for my life and for everything, people around me. And yeah, that's that's who I am, a hardworking, persistent person. Definitely. I totally, I totally agree with you. And, and tell me a little bit about what are some of the things as you, as you see the way, uh, life is growing in education and mentorship. What are some of the things that looking back, you see that was one of the most important point in your life? It is, it is, Glory. And, and the reason that I said I was going to talk a l- uh, more about my uh, career and where I come from, my background and everything and why it is important, um, Particularly for, you know, when we talk about education and mentorship and all these things. I, I grew up in India, in a, in a rural part of India. And, uh, growing up, um, you know, uh, the schools that I've attended, like, you know, the government schools, they, they would not have all the resources available there, uh, you know, while, while attending the school, the schools that I've attended. Sometimes they won't have the toilets. Sometimes, you know, the teachers won't show up in the classroom. So even despite growing up with all those, you know, adversities, I, you know, there were people in my life, there were people who have supported me throughout my life, throughout my career. Um, my mentors, I call them my mentors, and they, 
it is because of them why I'm why I'm here at at this stage. I was able to, um, you know, as you said earlier, that you know, I was able to receive a Fulbright. I was able to receive a scholarship from the U.S. government to come to the United States, and and so all the opportunities that I have received in my life, I all I all I have been trying is to give back to the community, and so I think that's why the piece of education or the piece of mentorship is is really important for me. Great. That's that, that that's that's a that's amazing. Is uh once you arrived in the US, what was some of the things in terms of education that you saw that was a bit different from uh from India? Many different things. The entire education system, I feel like the education system uh is um, you know, very different. Of course there are talented students both in both sides of the world, be it in India or be it here in America. Uh, but it's the opportunity. I think the opportunity part is what's missing. And, and truly that's what, you know, uh, that's what separates one's success and one's being, you know, unsuccessful. And so I think the opportunity, because there's so many talented students growing up, you know, many of my friends, they were you know, extremely intelligent students, extremely talented students. They never received the opportunities. Um, and they, they never were able to do the things they wanted to. Um, you know, some of them wanted to become an engineer at NASA. Some of them wanted to become a scientist or a doctor, um, but they never were able to do it. And the only thing that was, you know, different, difference was the opportunity. They were not able to receive the opportunity. You know, as I said in my life, you know, I was fortunate enough to receive the opportunities, different opportunities uh, throughout my life. And, and I have worked hard for it. I know that it never came easy. Um, I've worked hard for it. And, but I think that's what is the key different. You know, students here, they have opportunities in their palms. You know, there's internet and, you know, they can search all these opportunities. All the schools have, you know, facilities, basic necessities that's available to them. All these things are available to the students here. All they need to do is, you know, work hard and, you know, get those things. Back in India, where I grew up, the opportunities, the necessities, the availabilities were not there. And I think, you know, that's, that's what I see the different in these two nations, particularly. Yes, I, I can relate to your experience as well, because I was born in the Congo and it's a French speaking country. And the, 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 the system in terms of education is totally different. For example, one of the things that I've noticed there was that um, the classes, well, we weren't picking classes in the university. You have a, you pick your major and there is all these classes that come with it. But uh, once I, I, I arrived in the U.S. and I was uh, doing my education here, I realized that you can pick your classes. You get to choose how many classes you get to take even if you're in a certain measure. So the freedom of choosing your classes was very flexible for me. I was like, man, this is, this is, this is so easy. So it is, it is <laughs> so, no doubt. It is, it is. I think, you know, the system, the educational system all around the world, it needs some work, needs some reorganizing. You know, a student should, in my particular view, that, you know, a student should have the option, option to, you know, choose their classes. A student should have the opportunities to learn what they want to learn because I think, you know, if there's a student who's really smart in mathematics, there's no need for him to, you know, push it or force him to, you know, go and learn uh, arts because I think, you know, if he's really intelligent in mathematics, let him learn mathematics, you know, let him, you know, 
explore work and the field in, in the field of mathematics. And so as you say it rightly, you know, the op- this, this is one of the things that has definitely need to be worked on. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the other thing that I really appreciate about you, I remember once we were in college together at Ever Community College, you constantly had the, the, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and the leadership to, to build project, to be involved into event, to create things that was, that wasn't familiar with a lot of students, uh, in there. Uh, what, what was, what was the driving force behind the power to create things, uh, that you had, uh, in college and that you have still today? Yeah. As, as, as you, as I said earlier, the, the driving force is my upbringing. You know, I, I, I grew up in, um, you know, a middle class family, a lower middle class family, I would say. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't have enough resources. We grew up in a very, very rural village in India where we didn't have opportunities. Uh, many of my fellow students, fellow friends didn't have those opportunities. I, I remember when I was really young, I would wait for every Wednesday and wait for every Wednesday because every Wednesday we would receive newspaper. And in the newspaper, there'd be this, you know, education section where, you know, there would be like, you know, you know, information about different scholarships or information about, you know, people who are successful in their life. And I would really wait for that every Wednesday and, you know, want to read those, read those stories about those people and find, and every, you know, every time I would read about any scholarship, I would make a list of it and keep it with me or, you know, cut it out and keep it with me. And so I think that's where, you know, I, I, you know, I learned about all these scholarships and, and, you know, when I came to Delhi to pursue higher education, I applied for one of these scholarships and eventually received it. But as you talked about, you know, all the project and all the, all, all the ideas that I have or, you know, all the, the way I, I push it, it's all because of my fellow students that were there who never received those opportunities. Uh, one of my friend, he, I remember him now, he was, he would be at least 200 times more intelligent than me. And he, you know, he, we met him, I met him at a place uh, called Sita Mari. Uh, it's where I was, uh, you know, doing my 12th standard. Um, 12th standard would be um, like from here, it will be senior, high school senior sort of a thing. I was doing that there. And I met this guy. He was extremely intelligent. I felt like he should be in NASA, you know, he should be doing the <laughs> scientist sort of a work with NASA. And, but he never had that opportunity. He never got that opportunity. And now he is a farmer. Now think about this. I'm not saying that, you know, the work of a farmer is bad. What I'm saying is that the person who wanted to do some work with NASA, who wanted to have, who had that knowledge too, you know, who was that intelligent too, but he never received that opportunity. Now he's, uh, he's a farmer and he never, Think about if he was in NASA, you know, he might have, you know, done what sort of great work for, for India or for America or for, for the world, actually. And so that's what really drives me, I think, you know, that's what drives me to, you know, provide the opportunities. And I think that's why, you know, when, you know, we, we started working on Pacific Willow, that was my real drive. You know, I wanted to start Pacific Willow, um, a nonprofit, because, you know, I wanted to support these kids all over the world, um, that, you know, provide them opportunities, provide them resources, provide them mentorship, and, you know, provide them all the things that they need so that, you know, another of my friend like that would never, you know, miss that opportunity. And, you know, whatever they want to become, they would become. 
And so I think that was my driving factor. And it's just not that friend. There are many, many friends like that, that I know, still know them and still have, you know, connections with them that are, you know, that have lost their desire because of having no resources, no opportunities. And what the else? truth is, it's not, it's not just today. It will continue to drive me. Even the things that I'm doing right now, even the, you know, education that I'm pursuing right now. Uh, in, I'm, I'm studying edu- international education and, and comparative education. Uh, and my research work and my, are, are really focused towards, you know, understanding the education system in different and, de- and developing countries and how we can implement, you know, good, good education system and how we can work with the governments and, you know, international organizations like UN or all these to implement good policies so that, you know, students like my friend would never left behind. So it's not that my work with the Pacific will end it. It will continue to do throughout my life. All my research work, all my, you know, projects will always be devoted towards that. And Great. I know that. Yeah. Thank you. And one of the things I wanted to ask as you were speaking, there is this two questions that come in my mind. What would be some of the, the advice you would give to, uh, to leaders who have the mission to improve education across, across, uh, across the education system? What are some of the feedback you think is very crucial to, in order to, to create an education system that really give opportunity to, to allow more people? Yeah. If I, if I have to, you know, give any advice, I would ask them to go and see the situation. You know, I would ask them to go and see the situation in Congo. I would ask them to see the situation in Ghana. I would ask them to go and see the situation in Bihar, where I'm from, you know, see how the education system works, you know, see how you know, there are still like basic necessities like tables, benches, toilets, uh, you know, uh, chairs, you know, teachers. They're not available to students. How would a student thrive if the basic necessities are not there? And see all the other challenges. Like, like think about this challenge. You know, the whole COVID thing happened, right? COVID-19 mm-hmm. happened. Um, the education system was almost trapped. It was shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the urban, you know, places like Seattle or places like, you know, DC or places like New York, here students, here teachers can teach to their students through, you know, all these, you know, we have Zoom, we have internet, we have all these facilities. But think about the village in, in Congo, you know, how would a teacher, you know, think about a rural village in Congo? How would a teacher connect with their student, you know, places where there's no internet, places where there's no, you know, of course, they're doing, you know, groundbreaking work. You know, they're, I know my niece was learning through WhatsApp, which is another, you know, like another, you know, connection sort of a social media sort of a way to connect. And so there, there are teachers and teachers are amazing all over the world. It's yeah. just the government. The government needs to work. The leader needs to work and they need to provide the facilities. They need to work more harder. And so teachers are, you know, putting all their efforts to make the changes that they can. The leader needs to work a little bit more. A bit more. See, see these challenges. Uh, do you see those challenges as an as an, an investment uh, issue, where uh, or an investment opportunity where uh, governments need to look more into uh, sectors to really develop to make sure that the infrastructure of education is there for every single student? Is he how you see it? All the governments, the governments, be it in America, be it India, be it South Africa, be it any, any government, you know, all these governments, they are spending a fortune to defense sort of work, you know, defense work. They, they're spending fortune 
if they will spend one tenth of that money, one tenth of that, you know, investment towards education. See, I personally feel, you know, that education is the key to the world peace. If we want to bring the world peace, education is the key. Educate young people so that, so that they know that, you know, what world peace means, you know, what it, what it means to have a peace all around the world what it means to have an open society, what it means to have a globalization, a thriving globalization. And so I think, I think you know, an investment is needed. Without an investment, a government investment, um, the education system will not change. Without the right policies, the education system will not change. How, however much the civil societies or however much all these you know, organizations can work, you know, all the non-profit organizations or all the organizations like Pacific Will or all the large non-profit organizations like Gates Foundation, you know, they can put all their effort, but unless and until the policies need, need will change, unless and until the government will, you know, invest in young people's education, the change will not happen. I think that's where the change happens. Policy level, policy level, that's where the change happens. A mass change. Great. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for that, that, that point of view. That's very, very important. And for, for, I just wanted to ask this question for the people out there who don't believe in education. What are some of the thoughts you give them? Because I remember one of these days I was, I was chatting with someone. They, they didn't believe in education. They're like, you know, the education system need fixing things are not working well. So I was like, uh, okay. So the people who think like that, what would be some of your, uh, as an educator, how, what would be some of the, the thing that you tell them? What are they missing up on? I'll tell you actually a story. It came to my mind. Um, in 2013, November 2013. So I was working that time. I was working for a Gates Foundation project, Ananya Thesai, in my home state, Bihar. And so and the organization that I was working with, um, it's called CDOT. And, um, and so they sent me to this city in, in India. It's called Ahmedabad. It's a city of a state called Gujarat in that Ahmedabad city. And I was supposed to work with, uh, you know, some sustainable organization. My organization was starting a sustainable project or something. And so I was supposed to work with this, you know, sustainable organization there and, you know, learn about how, you know, rag pickers, they work. And, you know, rag pickers, people who, you know, people who, you know, pick up all the garbage from the streets mm -hmm. and so how they work and, you know, learn about them. And so I went to this uh, city uh, called Ahmedabad. And so when I was talking to these, you know, rag pickers and people, who, you know, their parents, they told me something that just blew my mind away. They said, so they had, you know, like around eight, nine children and uh, all their children, there were two, you know, they were still there when I was talking to this father of this, you know, these children. And there were two, they were still there. They were too little, but other seven children, they were out on the street picking all the dust, picking all the rags. So that, you know, they could sell it to um, this organization that I was going to supposed to work with and uh, so that they could make money. Now, when I was talking to him, I asked them that these are very young kids. Why are you not sending them to school? Mm -hmm. um, they told me that, you know, their duty is to earn money. You know, their duty is not to go to education. You know, they are, you know, they have more children so they could earn money. You know, they that that was their mindset. And think about it and compound it to all the people all over the world. You know, think about this sort of mindset. You know, 
think about all the challenges that people have and not just this mindset, but also the challenges. Um, people do not have enough, you know, people, you know, in developing worlds, people do not even have, you know, food to eat. You know, people are malnourished. People do not have, you know, sufficient enough food to feed their family. If they have a children and if they don't have food, their children would, you know, they would rather send their children to, you know, earn some money so that they could eat instead of going to uh, a school. Because, you know, food comes first. When it, when there's a, com- you know, comparison between food and education, food will always win, no matter what. You know, the hunger will always win. Mm-hmm. The education will never win, and you know, instead of hunger. And so, so that's what it is, you know, that there's, there are grave challenges all over the world. You know, basic necessities are not met, you know, when it comes to you know, education. And so people will always, you know, when I think of that person, I think of, you know, that mentality, but also that, you know, of course, you know, the father is sick. There's no way that, you know, if these children will not work, they will be able to feed their family. So what's important for them is to feed their family. So I think the government needs to look at all these aspects, government and all the non-profit organizations that they are working, you know, they need to look at all these aspects, all these, you know, these big, you know, non-profit organizations, they provide a lot of funding to, you know, all these organizations in the de- developing world, uh, and, but they don't know how those money are always spent, you know, they need to make sure that, the, you know, they need to understand the problem in a real sense and then actually understand how the money is spent, how things are working there. And so there's a, you know, there's so many challenges in front of us. And uh, to all those people, you know, who, who don't believe that, you know, there's, you know, the whole this thing about education, they need to understand that this is the way to change the world. Education is the way. Education is the key to change the world in the positive way, of course. You know, change, you know, Malala Yousafzai beat her, you know, she, you know, put so much, you know, she was shot, but, you know, she fought against all these things. And and now, you know, she's becoming the voice of girls' education all over the world. And so it's education that changes the mindset. You know, it's education that will change everything. And so I think people, all those people who don't understand it, they need to, you know, reevaluate and see some... One of the thing, one of the other things that I will say, mm-hmm. it, I really get excited about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, I just get really excited and really yeah. emotional too. But one of the things that I'll say, I am a mentoring. Uh, I mentor some, you know, some students through this nonprofit in India called Freedom Employability Academy. Some of my mentees, um, they are, you know, Muslim girls, Muslim uh, um, girls, and so they are there. They tell me that, you know, their parents are not, their parents are not allowing them to, you know, pursue their dream. And so they want to become something, but they're not able to become because their parents are saying that, you know, you need to go get married and, you know, you need to get married and get settled. And they're only like 19, 18 years old, young girl. So I say to all those parents, you know, mm-hmm. not just Muslim, every religion, Muslim, Hindu, Christian, every religion. Understand this, you know, you, you know, at this young age, you know, if you will not support your children with their education, with their education, you know, push them into marriage, it will not do good to them. You know, if there's any conflict, you know, it comes in the future, your, your girl will always be, you know, downgraded by, you know, their in-laws. And so I think there's so many grave challenges, you know, glory out there in the world when it comes to education, when it comes to girls' education, 
I don't know. We all need to work together on together. it. You know, we all need to change mindsets. And all the work that you're doing, you know, if it reaches to 10 people and all the 10 people that, you know, if they can understand this, that, you know, how important it is, uh, education, you know, for their it children is. and how it can change the world. I think that's the success out there. I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think this podcast, what we share here really help a lot of people out there who are watching and educate themselves in the topic that we, we share. And I'm a big believer in education. Uh, because I've seen why education can do, even the economic impact of getting an education in the marketplace, you rise in terms of market value in the work that you do. And if you don't have an education, you can't do certain, certain job. And I think giving children and the, the, the ability to educate themselves is something that is, that every single parent should really work towards to give to their student kids as a gift because long term, once you educate the nation, we, you know, they change, they change society. For, for example, as we see, if we didn't have people who went to architecture school, we wouldn't have those beautiful buildings that we have here. So if we didn't have people who studied business, we wouldn't have, you know, the efficiency in building economy and growing business and employing a lot more people. That's why I believe that education is very essential for a modern society. And I will give you one, one tangent example. And I share this all the time with, you know, people that I am in touch with or I connect with. When I was in India about 12 years ago, uh, 2009, 10, um, I started, you know, one of my mentor, um, was Ajay Sai. And so we started, you know, working with this, this slum area in India called Annanagar slum. And so there was this girl in Annanagar slum, in that slum. And, this girl was extremely talented, extremely intelligent, and she was probably 11 years old, and I was 16 probably at that time. And so she was extremely talented. And so we, Ajay and I had, you know, we had this study group that we had created, created in that slum. And, you know, all the girls or the children of that slum, they would come and, and study there with us. So she would come, you know, first, you know, she would come sub before everyone she would show up you know she would you know go home at the last and she would always do her work and i I mean we saw that how you know intelligent she was she was probably only 11 years old but she was she was not in any school because you know of course she was in islam she didn't have any opportunity to attend school or anything so we you know enrolled her in in a, in a local school and there and um then you know then we went on to supporting other other students out there you know and then we went on to different slum areas and different work and then in 2012 i i came to usa i received scholarship and i came here but just two years ago actually three years 2018 end of 2018 i i heard a message i received a message on facebook from a girl named manisha and so I was, I mean, I didn't remember her. So I said, you know, I asked, who are you? And, you know, we had some conversation and she said that, you know, I'm an Ishai and we, you know, we met at another slum and she said that, you know, you were there and, you know, enrolled me in the school and everything. And so then I remembered, yes, yes. And so we, we <laughs> talked a little bit mm-hmm. and then I asked her, you know, how, how are you? How's things going with you? She said that, you know, um, now, now, you know, I have graduated from, you know, college and now nice. i am uh, i work as an engineer at an it company 
Wow. I live in a city with, um, I've rented my own apartment with my family and they live with me. And I live in a, in a nearby city. It's a place called Lakshmi, Lakshminagar. Mm-hmm. So that's where they live. And so I, that's when I realized, uh-huh. you know, that's why I realized the power of education. You know, how powerful is education? Just a simple step for, you know, just a simple step of take, enrolling, enrolling her to a school. And she did not just change her life, but change the lives of her family, change the life of every girl who came across her, you know, throughout, you know, her, her life. And can, she continued to mentor children. She continued to mentor young kids from slum areas and other, other places. So that is one tangible exam, example that I have seen in my own life. And that, that's just one example. And I have so many different examples that I can share. That, and so, you know, that's the change that, that education can bring. That is so powerful. Thank you for, for sharing. That is very, a very touching message. And then the lesson as well is for me, as you were speaking, is, you know, if you see someone who's in need of education, you can help them, you know, enroll, please spend the time to enroll them because you don't know why you can, how you can impact their lives in the future. And one of the things I also love about your profile is you're also a mentor. And you mentor a lot of a lot of students who are interested. And what are some of the the most important thing that you transmit to them as a mentor? What are some of the things that you make sure that they have it in the system so they can be successful? Glory, the reason you know I I still mentor and I mentor you know I spend a lot of time mentoring young kids because I have been mentored. I am where I am because of all the mentors in my life. There are so many mentors in my life. Who have transformed me from that, you know, little village from that boy to all the things that I'm doing right now and everything that I'm involved or whatever I'm involved in. So I continue to give back as a mentor. And so everything that I have learned from my mentors, I try to reciprocate and give those things um, as a mentor. So there are different, different nonprofit organizations in, in America and in, in India that I'm involved in. And uh, through them, I mentor young young kids. There's one organization that I'm really deeply connected with. Uh, it's called Freedom Employability Academy. Uh, it's in India, and it's based in Delhi, but it's a, it runs throughout India. So their projects they run it throughout India. But um, but what I do is you know every you know you know biweekly or monthly you know we connect through um you know every two weeks we connect through Zoom call and I they have you know there's a group of fourteen fourteen to twenty students. And I mentor them and mentor in a sense that, you know, I teach them life lessons. I teach them, you know, all the things, you know, that I, you know, share my own journey, you know, my own journey. You know, I have faced so many adversities and, you know, adversities in the sense that, you know, when I lost my father at the age of five, there were challenges, there were grave challenges for me and for my family. Um, but, you know, you know, I have had many adver- adversities in my own life. And so I tell them that, you know, you know, you do come from all these kids uh, through FEA that I mentored. They come from, you know, underserved communities. And so I tell them that, you know, you may have millions of adversities in front of you, but, you know, I am one living example in front of you. And there's so many like me, you know, who have, you know, crossed those adversities and come out of it. And there's so many good people out there, millions of good people out there who have their heart and soul in the right right place to support people to support other people who are in need and so i think i think that's what i tell them i empower them 
I share stories with them. I tell them that, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to put your voice up. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, challenge the status quo. You know, go out there, make your own life, you know, work hard. Nothing is impossible. Mm-hmm. When I say nothing is impossible, impossible, I really mean it. Nothing is impossible. So that's what I tell them, that nothing is impossible. And so these students, you know, they are, they get you know, excited. They work towards, you know, many of them are applying for international scholarships. And I, I support them with all these international scholarships. And, and many of them got accepted to, you know, universities in UK. Many of them got accepted to universities in America. And, you know, they study here, they study there. And so I think that's what I do. You know, I support them. I empower them. I I tell them that, you know, nothing is impossible. If all they have to do is just keep going, keep pushing, persevere. Persevere. And uh, one of my closing questions will be, uh, what for the people who are out there who are still seeking opportunity, what are some of the messages that you, you send to them so that they could surmount those challenges where they are? So they, they can learn from you. What are some of the messages you, you, you give to them as they watch this video? I would just say never lose hope. I think, you know, this is something, you know, that I say to everybody that I get connected with, that never lose hope, you know, because hope is the most important thing in our life. It's hope that, you know, keep us, you know, going. You know, we need to dream, dream, you know, we need to continue dream. Uh, one of my... Well, I've never met him, so I cannot say that he, you know, he was my mentor, but I consider him a self-proclaimed mentor. He was the president of India. His name is APJ Abdul Kalam, and uh, he was the president of India. And uh, he said uh, that, you know, you need to dream. You need to dream even, you know, you need to dream, you know, you need to dream, dream, dream so much that, you know, until your dreams become reality. And you need to dream even, you know, when you're awake. Because, you know, those are the dreams that you can fulfill, you know, dreams that you can, you know, stay awake, that keeps you awake, that will, that will keep you going. So dream, have a hope, have a faith, and work for it. Because, you know, nothing comes free in this world. You know, you need to put your heart and soul in it. You know, you need to work for it. And so, you know, work hard, dream, and, you know, have a faith. You know, have the hope and have the faith. And I promise you, nothing is impossible. That's what I say to all the young people out there. Yeah. Okay, my mic. Thank you. Uh, one of what are what is one of the closing uh, I uh, words? One of your last words for today. I really love our conversation. I think we should have another episode. But what are some of the closing thoughts you would share with us and the audience? Well, one of the one word, you know, one word. If I have to say, you know, if I have to, you know close it with one word my one word would be gratitude i think gratitude um reciprocates first of all you know gratitude reciprocates so if you know you need to be gratitude you need to show your gratitude everyone who have supported you you know throughout your life throughout your career and then you need to reciprocate it and you need to you know give back and show your gratitude to people you know come across you and so gratitude is my word and I have a great faith in it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you. Are you again unmuted? I feel like. Oh, I can't hear you. Uh, Thank you very much. I think my mic, my mic is dropping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No worries. Yeah.